everyone. Welcome to Life Guts, a podcast to help you overcome burnout and monotony and find real joy and life fulfillment. I'm Sienna. I'm a graduate student studying counseling psychology and an Akashic Records reader. I went from being uninspired by life and living on autopilot to uncovering my authentic self and purpose. I really hope to help you do the same. I'm so excited you're here, so let's get into it. Welcome back. I am so excited to have you. We have a very, very special guest. I say that every time because I'm so in love with all of them, but this one in particular is very personal to me. As some of you know, I am an Akashic Records reader, and I have the great honor of having my the teacher that who taught me how to read the records, Helen Vonderheide, on. And Helen, I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so, so, so much. Oh my God. It is such an honor to be here. I'm so I feel so blessed to connect with you, your audience. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. So I have talked about Akashic Records a little bit here and there. I've sprinkled it in um, some of the past episodes, but I wanted to bring you on because you have um, are a lot more eloquent in how you describe it. You have a lot more experience and knowledge. So just jumping right into it, do you mind telling me a little bit about your journey with the Akashic Records and how you yeah. found them? Mm-hmm. Um. My journey actually started as a young girl and I was raised Catholic. Um, I never felt a connection to the service, the, um, the priests, you know, um, but I always knew there was like something behind the scenes that they were connecting with that I also had the same ability to connect with myself. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, what I recognize that as is just a divine force of energy that embodies compassion, understanding, no judgment, and just unconditional love. And so growing up, I looked for activities that I could experience that spiritual connection in. And it just ranged, you know, from so many different things. Like I was in a youth group when I was growing up, that was part of my church. I taught um, young people CCD, which is sort of like Sunday school. I went to a Catholic girl high school And so I was kind of like, I was seeking, I I recognize that now I was always seeking what practice or what activity gives me the direct connection to this spirit, this divine Mm -hmm. embodiment of spirit. And so, um, you know, I never really found it. And so then um, I went to film school for producing and I moved out to Los Angeles from Chicago and And when I did, um, I felt like I really had the permission to start exploring even deeper, you know, because I wasn't, I no longer was living with my parents. It was like, I was on my own. Okay, so what's available for me here? Mm -hmm. And one of the first practices that I gravitated towards is yoga. And I started to make a connection with my physical body. And I was using that as a point of connection to something greater. Like I started to feel my intuition opening up, there was like this inner wisdom or this inner voice that was talking to me, but 
I didn't realize that until later on, but I would always say to myself, wow, I had this like really wise inner voice that just like talks back to me whenever I'm like thinking thoughts in my head about things. So, you know, one thing led to another and I started practicing Buddhism, which actually Mm -hmm. that's one thing that we have in common. I started chanting Namyoho Renge Kyo. Mm -hmm. And that of course, again, was um, opening me up again, to spirituality and to just something greater and beyond. But the theme of my seeking was that I always felt like I had something between me and this divine force of energy. Like I wanted to have a communication with this force. Like I wanted to say, Hey, what's up? And I wanted, I wanted something to say, I'm here. How are you? So it wasn't until I heard of the Akashic Records through a friend of mine, and I experienced a reading for the very first time that everything started to click. And I was like, oh my God, there is a way to have a conversation with this force of energy. And you just have to be intentional with your words. Mm -hmm. So that sort of began um, my, I would say my education, my training, my desire to learn more about the Akashic Records. Mm -hmm. And then I just went on to, I did five practitioner certifications Mm -hmm. and I did three teacher certifications. So it kind of like got my, (laughs) it's almost like I got my master's in Akashic studies, you know, but a hundred percent, not really. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, And then just to give the listeners a little more information, what does an Akashic Records reading look like or how and who can access the records? Yes. So, oh my God, everybody can access the Akashic Records. And the most incredible thing about Akasha, Akasha is the energy field, is that we are always connected to it like every single moment of our lives, we are connected to this field. The only difference with somebody who's working in the records is that we make a conscious, deliberate connection to this field to start to access all of the information and imprints that this field stores. So um, so Akasha is a Sanskrit word. It means sky or ether. Um, it also means primary substance, that out of which all things are formed. So Akasha is this sensitive energy field. Anytime there's a thought, action, um, emotion, it registers an impression in this field. So the Akasha is a field with all these impressions. And then the records are the archives of all these impressions over time. So when we access this field deliberately, we become aware of all the impressions. But then one of the most exciting things is that we get to talk to groups of energy that are sort of like our guides while we're in this field. They're the ones that are helping us kind of sift through what's available, what's really going to help us and be most impactful and meaningful. So the Akashic Records are spiritual guidance in short. Okay. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, I have a quick question that came up as you were saying that do your guides your master's teachers loved ones do they do they tend to stay the same throughout every time you are here or do they change how does that generally work yeah so we have so there's there's three groups of energy that we work with when we're in the records masters teachers and loved ones masters have never been embodied um, into a physical form they are beings of light. They've known us since the inception of our soul. 
So our masters have actually been with us throughout every incarnation, you know, whether it was on earth or honestly, if it was somewhere else in the universe, Um, then we have teachers, teachers are lesson specific and those may have, may or may not have been embodied at some point in time. They're also beings of light. So our teachers change as we grow into awareness of ourselves. So we haven't always had the same teachers Mm -hmm. through other incarnations, you know, depending on what lessons we're, we're working on, um, really depends on the teachers that are supporting and guiding us. Mm -hmm. So, um, but then again, of course, if we're working, let's say we're working on self-trust and it's just been lifetimes of (laughs) self-trust. I know for myself, Mm-hmm. you know, to really, to really trust myself, it's taken lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, who I am in this lifetime and the, the level of trust that I have several lifetimes, like mm-hmm. it is, is well, not, congratulations. <laughs> you know, and even then there's always still like, Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but so those, those teachers, they're with me, like during all those lifetimes, those life experiences that you're working on those particular lessons. And then we also have loved ones. And those are people that we've known who've now passed on and are on the other side. Okay. But my, my practice in the Akashic Records has really evolved tremendously since working with Linda Howe, who was, who was my teacher. And now I actually work with masters, teachers, and ancestors. So ancestors are inclusive of loved ones, but then also all the loved ones that have existed throughout all my lifetimes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, the ancestors are a much bigger group of energy. Now, when we're just accessing our loved ones, those are just loved ones that we've known in this lifetime. But my experience had been like, wait a minute, there's other ancestors here who are chiming in. I don't have a personal relationship with them, but their, their guidance really resonates. And so I started to play around with that a little bit and bring the ancestors in as a group, which again is inclusive of the loved ones. And what I'm starting to see is like when we're saying loved ones, masters, teachers, masters, teachers, ancestors, I'm sorry, when we're saying ancestors, um, we're accessing a group of energy that has been available for us throughout our various incarnations. And so ancestors feel a little bit more infinite and um, whereas loved ones feel a little bit more, a little bit more limited because it would just be about this lifetime. Okay. So, um, so that's who they are. And that's, and that's like, you know, how they're with us um, in this lifetime or not, but the most beautiful thing about working with this, these groups of energy is that they also evolve with us as we evolve in our human experience. So we may find that, oh, we have these you know, guides here with us now, but as I grow into more awareness, it's gonna change over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had that experience for sure. Um, I wanted to go back for just a second. Would you say that when you're accessing the records, are you really opening this like library? A lot of people call it a record hall, or do you see it more as you're just having access to this specific, specific level of consciousness? How do you explain that? Um, well, it's really interesting because, um, yeah, we, we, with, 
with previous people who have worked in the records, they've they've called it a library or the hall of the hall of the records, or some people through their meditation or their visualization, like have actually seen a library. Okay. But, but coming back to the root word akasha, it means sky or ether. Mm -hmm. So there is no physical library, but but all of these imprints are stored as if it was a library or like a, a catalog in a library. Okay. Now, here's the other thing. When I'm working in the records, and especially now that I'm working with master's teachers and ancestors, when someone asks a question, I feel like that question sort of goes up um, through this channel. Mm -hmm. I acknowledge the master's teachers and ancestors. I'm like, hey, and then I go up and, in, and, and so with Linda's work, we, we had been trained um, that the, the guardians um, or the sort of beings of light that protected the integrity and the corruptibility of, of mm -hmm. the Akashic records were known as the lords of the records. Mm -hmm. But now with my, my work evolving, um, they go by guardians. Mm -hmm. So they're the, they're these guardians that they protect the integrity of the records. So I go up, acknowledge the MTAs. I'm like alongside the guardians, almost if I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with them, mm -hmm. which is funny because they're just beings of light. So mm -hmm. they don't have any shoulders. Mm -hmm but I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with them. And what it feels like is that the question goes into this archive and okay. I'm like there with the guardians right. and then we're pulling this answer out of the field. And then it comes, oh, it comes to me. And then it's like usually one, a word, one word answer, like, um, <laughs> like shoelace. Yeah. And they don't, they're not very forthcoming all of the time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And so you get the one word answer. Yeah. And so what I do is I, I say it out loud. I acknowledge them. Okay. Like, okay. Shoelace. And then I come down. It's like my consciousness like comes down to the MTAs and then they start to fill in all the details around this like okay. shoelace. Okay. And then it comes down to like me as the practitioner who then is like okay. interpreting and translating the messages. Okay. So in that regard, I do feel like in some way, it's sort of like this library or this archive mm -hmm. where like I'm opening up this catalog and it's like, you know, we're sifting through all the, mm -hmm. the possible answers. And then yeah. we like pluck out the one and it's like shoelace, you know, and then we fill in the details. Okay. I love that. I love that explanation. That was really eye-opening just for me as well. Um, how do you go about even accessing the records? So, I'm so happy you asked this question. Um, as I mentioned, everybody everybody is accessing the records at all times, okay. but not sometimes not always conscious of it. We are accessing and working in the records when we are creative. If we are doing something meditative, that could be, honestly, that could be cooking. It could be doing the dishes. It could be taking a shower. Mm -hmm. Like we're always accessing this field of imprints. Now, if we want to access it in a more deliberate, conscious way, we want to have some sort of an intention, a pathway, um, anything that's going to be really clear about who we're accessing, what what information we want to have, um, how is that going to support us, you know, how can we use that information to really further our life purposes. So you want to be really clear with an intention like that. 
Now, what I'm finding is in order to access it in, in a really deliberate way, we want to have some sort of a meditative brainwave state, which is usually alpha. That's like the very basic. Okay. So to be in an alpha brainwave state means that whatever activity we are doing, um, we're allowing our mind to just relax. We're letting our thoughts pass through us. We're not, we're not forcing ourselves to think. We're just kind of like letting everything move through us. And then we're sort of going in deeper, um, deeper into ourselves to just like connect with a stillness or an inner peace. And then from that place, we start to really open up and we can receive some of this direct guidance and communication that's available. Yeah. For me in my head, when I'm in this state, um, it's almost like I'm walking on a, some kind of raised platform and I get to the edge and then there's like a click and I'm like, okay, I'm going to drop. And then I drop into it. Um, I don't know why I get that visual. But that's, no, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's so amazing because that, yeah. that's so unique to you and personal. And that's what helps you connect and you get there and then you're able to receive everything that you get. So yeah. I love it. It's so different for each of us. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what are, what would you say are the most common reasons or the more actually, no, what are the most powerful reasons that people should either learn how to read or access their own records or look to someone for a reading? Okay. So what, again, what I have found is really helpful in accessing the records is to have is to have some sort of a, a spiritual practice, a consistent spiritual practice. And it can be anything. Like I said, for me, taking a shower, doing the dishes, cooking food, that is like a meditative practice for me. Mm-hmm. I really just drop into myself. I'm really present. But, um, but what also helps is like really having some sort of a stillness practice, whether that is like a sit down meditation, whether that's a moving meditation, like doing yoga or some other physical activity. Now, when you do that, you can have guided meditations that are are bringing you to this field and you can start to access information. But another way that's really helpful is if you have a powerful intention to do it. So um, that could just, again, be, well, I'll share this in just a moment um, Mm -hmm. about some of the new work that I've been working on. But to have a, a really specific intention, it's going to get you there much quicker than, you know, just meditating and kind of like sifting through everything that's available. Right. Now, if you have a strong meditation practice, you'll be able to access the records um, in this deliberate way really, really easily. Like it's not going to take too much effort to get there. But um, if you don't have a consistent spiritual practice, you want to start working towards that so that you have some sort of a foundation. Mm. What you're doing is you're starting to build this spiritual muscle that allows you to embody and open up to this higher elevated connection. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody who's like, you know, got, got a relatively, um, uh, consistent spiritual practice, um, start moving into using intentional ways to access the records. Linda Howe's pathway prayer. It is one of the easiest ways to start accessing the records. Mm -hmm. Her pathway prayer process was designed so that 
the masses of humanity could start working in the records. Mm -hmm. And then from there, as your work grows and evolve, you might find like, you know, I think I want to start exploring some other teachers or seeing what some other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So um, the new work that I've been developing with my MTAs, it's mm -hmm. called Personalized Pathways. So what I'm doing is I'm working with students or clients to really get clear about their intentions and supporting them in developing their own unique pathway to the source of their consciousness, because that's really what we're working with here. The, mm -hmm. the Akasha, the Akashic records, that's the source of our consciousness. And it's different for each person. Like some of us call it God. Some of us call it source. Some of us call it love. Like mm -hmm. some of us don't even want to have a name for it. And that's perfect. Mm -hmm. But this new work is going to help each person have their own individual unique pathway that's carved out for them. Mm. So this is at the same time, this is also advanced work because what we're doing here is we're saying, okay, somebody who has a spiritual practice, meditative practice is consistent and connected. They're taking it to the next level. They're working in the Akashic records with like this very easy entryway in, be it Linda Howe, anybody mm -hmm. else's. Now what we're doing with personalized pathways is we're saying, now it's time for you to have your own. So what does that look like? Mm -hmm. So throughout this journey of exploring the Akashic records, people get to really check in with themselves. Am I trusting myself enough to know that the connection and communication I'm experiencing is coming from this place or is it me? So you want to discern the difference. Okay. People who are experiencing a little bit of self-doubt or maybe just need a little bit of validation, like they need to just have the affirmation like, yes, you are getting this from your records. Then you may want to consider working with a practitioner. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, mm -hmm. all right, so are you doing readings for people? I am going to start doing readings again. I, I took a little bit of a break just to kind of work with my own records for a while. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm excited to start. Well, see, there you go. <laughs> so, so then at that point, you know, people could start working with people like mm -hmm. you or like mm -hmm. find, you know, so many people are starting to access and work in the records now. And so just finding someone that you feel in alignment with, um, I think it's the most empowering thing, but then also just like trying out different people, you know, no two readers read the same way. So you want to find someone who, um, who really sees you from the perspective of light and truth, you know, who really can see you from the soul level. Definitely over time, I, I have seen people who, who work in the Akashic records, but may not necessarily be working from that place of light and truth. And so, mm. And so if somebody is ever feeling judged or, you know, is just like not really, you know, sure if the person that they're working with is really accessing their records, um, there could be a good chance that maybe they slipped out of the records and they're just like, work, you know, working in a different field, like the, mm -hmm, the astral mm -hmm. field. And then mm -hmm. if that's the case, then maybe that's not the right person for you, you know, mm -hmm. but you just keep exploring and trying new people. Keep your eye out. Yeah. So I would say like the biggest thing that the Akashic Records gave me or awakened me to would be like trust in myself, my inner voice, um, guidance towards like what my purpose is. And then I guess part of the first one is like this, 
deep desire to like find who I am often authentically and go out and be her. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is kind of like your, been your biggest takeaways? I'm sure you have so many. Um, and do you feel like those are common themes for people when you're giving readings? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everything that you just shared, it resonates with me so much because that's been my same journey. Mm-hmm. Um, the records have taught me to trust myself so much more than I could have ever imagined. I mean, you know, my journey of really listening inside and knowing what is supportive and appropriate for me, that has been a journey in this lifetime. I think that as we're, as we're living life as human beings, we're so inundated with all this stimulating energy around who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to be, um, like what is acceptable to society, what is not, you really start to lose sight of that true inner self. And so the records have allowed me to refamiliarize myself with me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the name of my business in Los Angeles, it was called Just Be True to You. And that was when I started my Akashic Record practice because I wanted to give myself permission to be true to who I am. But little did I know that it's actually a pattern of mine um, <gasps> to not be true to myself. So even though I thought I was being true to myself, I, I still wasn't quite there. That, mm-hmm. Not that there was anything wrong with it, but it was like, I still hadn't really arrived to where I wanted to be, to like mm-hmm. be true to myself. Mm-hmm. So where I'm at now, and it's so funny because um, I just moved to, to Baltimore and Maryland and I had to close my business in California. I had to reopen a new business here in Maryland. And the name of my new business is just simply my name. It's Helen Vonderheide Inc. And the reason I named it after myself is because just be true to you taught me that who I am is enough. Like, and I'm Helen Vonderheide. Like that's who I am in this lifetime. So I feel, I feel immense gratitude for you know, just be true to you because it really reconnected me to the source of who I am. And then I get to enjoy this, this guidance and this connection that I have with um, these groups of energy that, that we work with when we're in the records. Mm-hmm. Now it's brought so many benefits into my life. I would say first and foremost, I always thought that I, I wanted to be a producer in film and TV And I went to film school for it. And I had my own production company in Los Angeles. I worked for incredible award-winning filmmakers, Um, but something was always missing. I always felt like, I think I'm here for something different. I feel like I'm here for something greater. Mm -hmm. And so I always had that little inner voice that was like scratching at me. Mm -hmm. And then over time, um, I started to figure out like what that voice was or whatever the work that I was meant to share with the world was. And what that ended up being was sharing the Akashic records, like sharing this resource and teaching people how to access it for themselves. So when I was having these, you know, dreams of being a producer and, you know, just like living this life that I wanted, I, I would have these visions and it would be like, oh, I'd have this beautiful house and Um, I would feel so fulfilled by my work and my career. And I always thought that that would be producing. And so 
time went on and it wasn't that, like it wasn't giving me that, but that vision that I had, it was so real in my mind. It was so real in my heart. And then I started doing the Akashic records and all those dreams started to come true. Interesting. But I always thought it was going to be producing that gave it to me. Ah. So the Akashic records, you know, what they taught me is like, your, your visions are true and real, but the path that you think is going to get you there may not be the path. But if you are open and willing to be shown what that path can look like, whatever is revealed will most certainly take you there. And so now I feel like, oh my God, I'm totally living this life that I've always dreamed of. And, and even though I thought it was going to be filmmaking and it's Akashic records, like I, I am so, I feel so grateful that it's the Akashic records because now I, I still see myself as a storyteller, mm-hmm. but I get to help people tell the story of their soul, mm-hmm. which is like so real and so true. And that's nothing that you can get from being a filmmaker. I mean, yes, you can, but like, <laughs> not like this, you know, yeah. that's crazy. I love that. Um, what would you, how can people know, and this might be general, but or with the Akashic records, how can people know when a path is being opened up to them? Like what are some of the signs or ways to figure that out? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So for me, okay. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I know it's a a big question. No, it's such (laughs) a great question because, you know, I really think about like your community and, and I'm sure a lot of people are feeling this way, but I was working at a job and I was walking around and I was so miserable. I mean, I, I was so miserable that I was like, I'm going to quit. And I don't even care if anything Mm -hmm. else is like lined up. Like I just got to get out of here. It was a really great job. Like Mm -hmm. everything about it was great. Oh my God. It was amazing on so many levels. Uh, Actually it was the job, you know? But I was miserable inside and I was saying to myself, I know I'm meant here to do something greater, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was just this little inner voice that was like, so softly speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I heard it. And I'm like, yes, I hear you. I don't know what to do. I don't have all the answers, but I think the first thing I can do is I can just quit my job. And we'll we'll see like step one, right? Right. And we'll just see what shows up. And so, you know, that's sort of connected to like my risk taking, because that was actually the point at which I started working in my records. And I, and it was the very beginning of, of me working in my records. And I went to my master's teachers and loved ones. And I said, I'm so miserable. It hurts so much. It's painful. I'm Mm -hmm. suffering. I don't know what to do. And they showed me an image of a cliff and they said, won't you just jump and let us catch you? And I had so much trust. I was like, physically, this is crazy, but I'm going to do it. And so what I did is I quit my job (laughs) and, you know, it was a rough couple of two months. You know, I definitely, I, I didn't have the savings to Mm-hmm. to land on my feet or fall back on. I, I really had to hustle. I had to like figure out how the heck I was going to make everything work, mm-hmm. but you know what? It ended up working. And I, and so taking a risk means that, yes, you might have some losses. You might get a little bruised on the way down, but 
the benefit of taking the risk is so much greater than allowing yourself to be in a position where you are just suffering and the life force inside of you is saying that you are here to do something more. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like risk-taking and faith um, go hand in hand? Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what our Buddhist practice taught us. Faith, practice, and study. Those are the three tenets. And so practice and study are obvious, right? It's like, you have a spiritual practice, you engage in it, and it helps you flex your spiritual muscle. You study, you know, you expand your mind, your consciousness, your intelligence, you are learning from the resources and teachers that have come before us. But faith is really trusting in something that is unseen and unknown. That means that, you know, you're going to be provided for, you will be protected, you will be taken care of. And yeah, faith almost, faith to me feels like it's so much more than trusting in the unknown. It feels like you are accepting the relationship that you have with your higher purpose. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, yes, it is here and I'm willing to take it. So let's do this. No, I love that. And it was funny yesterday. I actually recorded like a little mini podcast episode that hasn't gone out yet, but I said, you know, like there's a quote that says something along the lines of fate loves the fearless or something like that. Mm. Um, And the way I adopted that, it's like the universe, whatever you believe in will reward you when you do just kind of forge ahead, even though you're scared or even though you're nervous. Mm. Um, So I totally relate with that. I was wondering if your, or if the master's teacher's loved ones have told you anything in general or specific about what our purpose here on earth is? Why are we here? Why don't we just stay all in this bubble of consciousness? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, some, some little fragments of this answer have come into my awareness doing sessions over time. Okay. So first and foremost, um, when we think about, when we think about the big picture, when we look at our human experience as residing on this planet earth and that we are a part of a solar system of planets that revolve around the sun that is within a galaxy, we also start to become aware of the other galaxies that exist in this, in this universe, in this multiverse. And that we're just having this like one experience, right? This collective experience on this planet. So it's come to my attention is our human experience is to evolve the consciousness of having a physical existence. Mm. One of the things that Buddhism taught me is that life never dies. Mm So our consciousness continues to have a life force um, before and after our human experience. And that consciousness evolves over time and through our various incarnations. So what we do, you know, throughout our life experience as a soul is we have these human experiences and that evolves the physical experience of being on a planet. So if you look at like when we first started off as like being cavemen to where we are now and the technology that's available, like that's what this is about. Mm -hmm. This planet is about learning, growing and evolving. 
And at the same time, it's also a planet where we get to have fun. Like it's not common that we always get to come in physical bodies and like experience connection and touch and, you know, just having like intimate relationships in, and that not even having to be like romantic, you know, mm-hmm. but just having an intimate relationship with like another physical being to experience love and heartache and pain. Like all those things are so beautiful about this human, human journey. So the bigger purpose, you know, just being that we're evolving the consciousness of humanity, but then at the same time, for a lot of individuals who are being um, called to their own spiritual awakening, or just, you know, maybe being, being, being a healer, being a teacher, Mm -hmm. a light worker, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. um, that is really rooted in, um, that's, that is connected to the the spiritual awakening that this planet is experiencing, which is simply that we are coming into awareness, a deeper awareness of who we are at the soul level, Mm -hmm. meaning that we are not just finite human beings. We are infinite souls and that we are experiencing all these incarnations so that we can really know at the center of who we are is everything. So there's a lot of different layers to mm-hmm. the, pur- the purpose. Mm-hmm. That's a big question. Yeah. I know, but, <laughs> but most importantly, I think when you like, when you distill it and ground it into like simple layman's terms, it's like, how do we find joy in this human experience? How can we live life fully? How can we actualize our soul's intentions and live in alignment with our true purposes? Mm-hmm. That to me is like the most fulfilling human experience that we can ever have. A hundred percent. That's like the whole reason this podcast <laughs> exists. And so what would you say if you've ever asked, have you ever asked something along the lines of like, why do so many of us, if we came here, right? And when we came here, we knew that we wanted to experience joy as one of the major purposes. Why do you think so many of us kind of get lost or a little confused on our way? Mm. Well, getting lost or confused actually is the journey. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. If so, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review. This helps the podcast gain traction, which in turn helps us spread our mission of purpose and authenticity. Not to mention just how much it would light me up inside. Thank you so much. And I will be back soon with another episode. Bye friends.